Welcome to the Supreme Court of Virginia podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Ben Glass Law and Virginia Appellate Attorney Steve Emmert. Listening to oral arguments from the Supreme Court of Virginia is one of the best ways to stay abreast of both substantive and procedural law. And today's smart lawyers know that any case, even if it is outside their practice area, can offer a learning opportunity. So, listen, enjoy, subscribe, and leave us feedback. You may proceed. Yes, uh, may it please the court. My name is Leonard Myers. Uh, I represent the appellant in this case, uh, Miss uh, Brandy Carr, against defendant um, Sahara Motors. Um, this case, uh, uh, just to give you a, a, a brief summary, uh, this case came. Uh, this case is basically basically a car deal going bad. Uh, it was filed in the Portsmouth General District Court. Uh, where it ultimately was appealed to Portsmouth Circuit Court uh, by by Ms. Carr. Um, at that point, um, Pellant's counsel began the process of attaining uh, dates from the clerk's office of the, or actually the specific, specifically the docket control clerk. Um, in the uh, Portsmouth Circuit Court, got a date, um, notified opposing counsel of possible dates. Uh, they selected a date. Uh, and then uh, uh, a scheduling order was uh, sent over to opposing counsel. Uh, that's, uh, that order was never signed, never entered. Uh, counsel for uh, Sahara Motors uh, was allowed to withdraw um, late 2019, uh, which left uh, Sahara Motors uh, unrepresented. Uh, at that point, in the uh, effort of uh, of settlement, uh, settlement discussions began began earnestly, uh, at least uh, uh, to our understanding, as reflected in the record through the emails. Uh, then, uh, all of a sudden, uh, after uh, uh, after May, uh, after uh, February 28th, uh, those settlement discussions suddenly ceased. Uh, whereupon uh, the owner of Sahara Motors indicated that the case was dismissed, uh, and and uh, whereupon we were able to confirm that uh, with the court. Um, after that, Pellant's counsel filed a motion to reconsider, reopen the case uh, to, in a timely manner. Um, appear before uh, uh, the court on that motion, uh, arguing that uh, we were not aware that the date was actually on the docket. Uh, we were not aware that, uh, um, uh, uh, well, I will just say we were aware that no scheduling order had been entered. And essentially the argument was that court speaks through his orders. And there was no order entering a trial date on the calendar. Uh, more importantly, uh, the important uh, deadlines with regard to, uh, uh, you know, any pretrial motions or disclosures or discovery uh, were not in place either. So, uh, and no one even prepared for trial. Be that as it may, uh, essentially the court summarized that it looked like to him that someone was not following up on their court dates. 
And so he uh, dismissed on those grounds in what he termed as a failure to prosecute. Would you hire an appellate lawyer to handle your jury trial? Of course not. Trying cases requires a different focus, a different way of speaking, even a different way of thinking from handling appeals. So why would you ask a trial lawyer to handle your appeal? When it comes time to appear in an appellate court, trust a lawyer who specializes in appeals only. Steve Emmert limits his practice to appeals. Other lawyers consult him when they face tough problems in the appellate maze. Focus on what you do best. Call Steve Emmert at 757-965-5021 direct to find out how he can help you. Again, that's Steve Emmert at 757-965-5021. Now, the basis for that was uh, in the local rules and in the local rules for the court, uh, for Portsmouth Circuit Court, the judge said that, or Dean Sword, Judge Sword, uh, indicated um, in his ruling that um, that a scheduling order was not necessary for a case coming over from General District Court. Uh, again, uh, I indicated to the court that you know, once again, the court speaks through his orders. Um, And of course, the the local rules indicate that a scheduling order uh, is necessary where at least one party is represented by an attorney for appeal coming over from general district court. Uh, A scheduling order is not necessary um, in a situation where both parties are pro se, in which case uh, a trial date can can be set and they just move forward accordingly. So, uh, so that's the basis for uh, the error, and we think that, or that's our understanding that how the court committed error and therefore abuses discretion. Um, and the basis of our argument is that, uh, um, you know, the, the code says that no no case can be um, dismissed for essentially a violation of local rules, um, and this prevents or defeats my client's efforts to have her day in court, so to speak, and have her case settled on the merits, or, or at least adjudicated on the merits. Uh, so that's uh, uh, that's the principal basis of our, of our, of our argument. And uh, of course, that's uh, supported by uh, uh, 8.01-4, uh, uh, as well as um, Supreme Court Rule 1 colon 9, uh, where the court um, has an opportunity to uh, to correct any mistakes uh, that might have occurred in the clerk's office, and uh, and we believe that the date being entered on the court's docket without a scheduling order was a mistake, and so um, uh, that argument was not successful uh, with the circuit court. So here we are before you on those bases, and uh, for those reasons. Uh, Ms. Carr's uh, case was dismissed. Uh, we're asking uh, this honorable court to uh, to reverse uh, the court's order and remand to force the circuit court so that uh, my client can actually have a trial. 
And of course, once we get back to circuit court, uh, we're, we're kind of precluded from moving forward until uh, the defendant uh, is able to obtain counsel. Um, but uh, be that as it may, uh, this case was essentially a short circuit uh, to the prejudice of my client uh, due to uh, a misunderstanding of the courts and uh, I can Kelsey, answer this is uh, Justice Kelsey may I ask you a, um, a clarification question in Portsmouth yes, based upon what you represented to the trial court is it possible just to make an appeal a de novo appeal to circuit court and agree with the docket clerk agree with the other side and uh, whether you do a scheduling order or not whatever but still go forward on, with the understanding well we have at least we have a trial date in other words, I, I, one possible interpretation of what Dean Sword, Judge Sword was saying, one possible interpretation is, well, you don't really need a scheduling order to agree on your trial date. Now, you do need a scheduling order, unless everyone's pro se, to do with all the pre-trial deadlines. But so I, I just, I'm, I'm trying to uh, hypothesize what the judge was thinking. Is that what your understanding of what the judge was thinking? Uh, my, my understanding is that the, the court sincerely, um, uh, you know, conveyed that um, a, a scheduling order was not necessary to, to place a trial date on the, on the calendar. And so that was, you know, is that contrary to the rules, but you know, as you saw in, in, uh, in our statement of facts, um, you know, in conversations with the docket control clerk, she said, this is only a, a, a tentative preliminary date. Um, you need to go to the clerk's office, essentially with a scheduling order, in order to secure that date on the docket. And so, uh, and, and, and you know, we operated on you know on that advice as well. So we were, you know, frankly blindsided, uh, you know, by this uh, February 29th date. You know, uh, had we known that it was actually you know placed on a on on the docket, you know, we would have asked for a continuance uh, because okay. you know, we needed additional time uh, to uh, to prepare for uh, for this case. Uh, but again, we were in settlement mode, in that litigation mode, uh, and and also the opposing counsel was not represented. Or I'm sorry, the opposing party was not represented by counsel, so there was little that could be done in terms of uh, uh, you know motions and, and you know, legal arguments. You know. Okay, fair enough. Sir. Thank you. Yes, sir. Are you through? Uh, I am, Your Honor. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you for tuning in to the Supreme Court of Virginia podcast. My name is Ben Glass, and Steve Emmert and I provide these oral argument audios for free as a public service. If you're a fan of the podcast, I'd love to send you my book, Renegade Lawyer Marketing absolutely free. Just visit www.benglassreferrals.com and I'll be glad to ship it to you. This book has helped thousands of lawyers across the country improve their lives and their practices. Again, that's benglassreferrals.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy these oral arguments from the Supreme Court of Virginia.